What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Young, Black, and Opinionated. I'm your host, Christina Royster, and I'm joined today by special guest, Manny Simmons. Before we get started, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening, and you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at The YBO Podcast. So I brought Manny here today because I am celebrating the 50th anniversary of hip-hop this summer. I know a lot of us are, and specifically June is Black Music Month, so I wanted to talk to Manny all about how hip-hop can really help us carry our message. So let's get into it. So as I said, June is Black Music Month, and I almost forgot, to be honest, because there's so many different observances in June. You got Pride, you got Juneteenth, all of it wrapped into this month. And what's special about Black Music Month is that I feel like Black music is really the blueprint for American music. I feel like we touch every single genre. So how fitting that it's also, you know, the 50th anniversary of hip hop, and that's going to be in August. And I can't believe it's only been 50 years. It's like really a genre in its infancy, kind of. And I wanted to talk about how black music and just hip hop specifically is really like a sound of the summer. I feel like when summer starts, everybody comes alive, everybody comes outside, the music's blasting, you got the windows down, right? And so I feel like with that, sometimes it could also help us carry more important messages. Like we weave our, our messages into hip hop. So mm-hmm. have you ever kind of felt like that too? Like hip hop is really more than just the music? Oh, do Like <clears throat> the main thing about hip hop, the main thing about any genre that black people put on, I would say. It definitely comes from telling the story. Like yeah. it's, it's, there's, a, there's lineage. Every single artist has lineage, whether you like them or not. There's a lineage to whatever they put into hip hop. So you gotta respect that. So definitely. That's how I feel. And I was thinking about you know going back to the birth of hip hop back in the Boogie Down Bronx. They were mm-hmm. really that was kind of based off of disco, right? Funk okay. and that kind of sound. It was a party to be honest. It okay. was it was people beatboxing on the street and b boys dancing, spinning on their heads. And now the genre has evolved totally over fifty years. But when I think back to those early days, I was thinking about the message by okay. Grandmaster Flash okay. and the Furious Five. And and how that in itself was kind of new at the time. Like, people were always, you know, dancing around and having fun. But mm-hmm. then he stopped and talked about what was going on in his neighborhood. And I wanted to share some of the lyrics for folks who aren't familiar with that song. That's the, don't push me. Exactly. <laughs> but if you go back, the first verse is broken glass everywhere. People pissing on the stairs. You know they just don't care. I can't take the smell. Can't take the noise. Got no money to move out. I guess I got no choice. Mm-hmm. So this is really somebody actually talking about their pain, talking about their real life. Exactly. And he continues, rats in the front room, roaches in the back, junkies in the alley with a baseball bat. Now, mm-hmm. this is early 80s. Early. This is crack pandemic. And so we're talking about like mm-hmm. not really the most beautiful side of our communities. We're talking about the pain, yeah, but at the, the same struggle. time, the struggle. This is mm-hmm. the everyday struggle that other people see. So exactly. for musicians to get out there and use their voice to tell that message, it's like people finally see, oh, wow, like they're speaking to me. They're speaking to exactly. my life. I can relate to this. Exactly. And that's really how hip hop kind of started. And yeah. I do have my gripes. I feel like we lost our way a little bit along the way. Oldie. Some of the music has become more flamboyant, more flashy. It's all about the cars, the it's girls, the, the jewelry. The right. But now, mm-hmm. you know, we have artists like you who are trying mm-hmm. to bring it back to the core, bring it back to the roots, like you said. So exactly. can you talk a little bit about your own roots and where you grew up and how that influenced your love for music? Well, being from North Carolina. You had to say North Carolina? Listen, listen, <laughs> when I say North Carolina, you got to put the line in it. You got to put the line in it. 
But being from North Carolina, mainly I listened to everybody who came from like the dirty South, mm-hmm. meaning like Outkast, Big Crit, yeah, um, Ti, anybody Georgia and up, I would say like. Anybody from that era, Ludacris, any of them mm-hmm. boys, like they put some stank on it. They put <laughs> yes. some stank on that music, made it, made it, made you feel it. Yeah. So I would definitely say that was uh, being from North Carolina. Back to that main question, mm-hmm. I would say being from there was like it was good to be from there than most places when it came to music because I feel like being down there, there's nothing more you could really pay attention to than music. Yeah. Because there's sports, there's this, there's that, there's church. But it's that music mm-hmm. that just stays rooted. Like, yes. It stays rooted. Like, I just love it. And I like how you brought up how, how it is kind of regional. Like, yeah. hip-hop was born in New York, but yeah. then it carried to different areas. And I've been watching um, Hip Hop Evolution on Netflix. Okay. It's a docu-series that kind of talks about the different regions and how the sound kind of changed. So when you mentioned T.I., like, that's yeah. somebody who really was from the gutter. Somebody Tip who was really like was selling drugs and turned their life in, in and became an artist. And mm-hmm. they didn't know the industry like that. They didn't know the ins and outs. They was just speaking from their heart. And exactly. sometimes the industry didn't want to hear that. We remember back in the day where even NWA was getting put down by police and all that stuff for speaking their truth. And it's just, it's hard because on one hand, I feel like we're losing the history a little bit. But on the other hand, I do feel like there are artists who care. You know, we have the J. Coles and the Kendricks. Think about Kendrick's last album. Um, I forgot the name of it. (laughs) Mr. Morale and the the Big Big Steppers. Yes. (laughs) Even that album, some people were like, oh, what's this Kendrick? Like, people get in their feelings. Of course. And music is subjective. You know, you can't please everybody. But somebody with Kendrick's clout, for him to stop and be like, I'm not making the industry music. I'm Mm -hmm. making an album about my grief, about losing my family member. Yeah. It was really therapy. And I feel like that's the beauty of hip hop. Like, Mm -hmm. it it could be for our parties, but it could also help us release our pain. And so. I wanted to talk a little bit about Tupac, too, because mm. I know some people have compared you to Tupac. Just yeah. like you said, that storytelling, yeah, not necessarily yeah. the sound, but that storytelling and not being afraid to be vulnerable exactly. and put yourself on the track, really. Oh, and so I was watching that five-part docuseries, Dear Mama, that's mm-hmm. on uh, FX yeah. or Hulu. It's on Hulu. Mm-hmm. And it's directed by Alan Hughes, which yes. that in of itself is Menace black creativity. Mm-hmm. The Hughes brothers, we know they did Minister Society, mm-hmm. uh, Dead Presidents. Mm-hmm. So presidents. it's interesting that he I didn't even realize he hung out with Tupac back then. Yeah. He was kind of around his crew. He was supposed to be on Menace Society. Oh, oh, really? He was. Tupac. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into that too, how yeah, he did like the whole that. actor and music yeah, thing, because yeah, I know yeah. you do that as well. Yes, yes, yes. And so, you know, to end his life so tragically at such a young age, exactly. but his friends to carry on his legacy 20-some years later oh, and do this man. documentary, this really gave me an inside look into Tupac as an artist. And I think that's the beauty of social media and the age that so. we live in now. On one hand, we're recording everything and it's annoying. But on the other hand, we might need these recordings for posterity one exactly. day. Look back. Yes. And so they had so much unseen footage of him in this docuseries. But it really focused on his mother's legacy as a mm. Black Panther and how that fed into him as an artist. And really his as a man and, and okay. really was a part of his upbringing. And I didn't realize, like, he was kind of one of those kids who grew up in a clan of, like, a bunch of people, a Black Panthers in the New in New York. And he was like, yeah, we always stood out in the community. We were always different. You can't help but stand out. We have a name exactly. like Tupac, you exactly. know? And I was thinking, even your name, Emmanuel, like... Yeah. and I spell it with an I. Right. And it always shocks people. They be like, you spell it with an I? And I'm like, yeah, with an I. He's like, 
why not a knee? I was like, my mom wanted me right. to be different. So I'm here. And that's yeah, exactly what they said about Tupac. His mom wanted him to know where his name came from and like exactly. how different he was. Because I didn't realize that he was really conceived in strife. I didn't mm. realize that his mother was on the front lines as a Black Panther, thrown into jail while she was pregnant with Tupac, had to petition just to get a milk, a glass, and a hard-boiled egg. Mm. That's a whole nother story about how they treat Black women, okay. how they treat Black people in the prison system. But I can't believe that... That's probably why he has so much going on inside him internally, because since birth, you were, you know, kind of cultivated in prison. You came out Black Panther parents, and that showed in his music. And I loved how this docuseries really talked about he went from being like an artsy poet, theater Mm -hmm. kid, to where did this thug thug life come from? I don't even know where that came from. They said it all just came together after a while, because he he came from a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. As you can obviously see, he came from a lot of pain. But him doing his music, him doing his acting, that all, I feel like it, it made him a better person to yeah. a point because when I act and also when I do my music, it's also my therapy. Mm-hmm. So it's a way of him getting rid of what's inside, I feel yeah. like. So I feel like it was happening for the good. I mean, he had his wild outs that made people think, <laughs> yeah. like, is he good? They talked but, about that because... I understand he was part of like the black the new Black Panther Party. Yeah. They talked about he really had two options, like be the president of the new Black Panther Party mm-hmm. or take the rap route. And exactly. he chose to the rap route because he knew what he was doing. He wanted exactly. to use that platform to elevate his message. Exactly. And we're talking about the 80s, 90s. Mm-hmm. Like He's talking about stuff that other people aren't talking about. Exactly. Even Brenda had a baby. That shocked the world. Like Talking about a, a, a low-income black girl who threw her baby in the trash. Nobody mm-hmm. was saying that on hip-hop. Nope. And so how does a, such a sad song become such a banger, a banger. for our culture? And, and Dear Mama, you know, they were talking Dear about Mama. One of the interviewers asked him, like, uh, is your mom ever, like, offended by this song? Because mm-hmm. he does talk about my mama left me for crack and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And it ended up making him famous, but yeah. at what cost? It kind of yeah. hurt his family members a little bit. Have you ever snuck some lyrics up in your songs? <laughs> Hell yeah. I do all the goddamn stuff. You, you make anybody <laughs> mad? <laughs> I'm waiting for somebody. I'm, I'm just waiting for, you know, when I drop it. And when they hear it, I'm like, now you see what has been going on. Like, yes. But... I keep my I keep tabs. Listen, I, tabs. I feel like you can't get mad at somebody you like can't. you said when it's their therapy, it's their art. Exactly. They have to get it off their chest. Exactly. And all of the stuff that he went through with his mom going from a, a fallen Black Panther to she was a crack addict. She was a functioning crack yeah, addict, but yeah. still, you're she not there. You're not around. Exactly. He had a little sister to take care of, and but, so uh, he really was just trying to uh, put money on the table, and he that's grew up kind fast. of exactly. He grew up fast. And I feel like a lot of kids are these days. We all kind of had to take care of ourselves at one point. Even I was a latchkey kid, but I feel like some people, I feel like they kind of make up their life story just to fit into hip hop. Or yeah. even we've seen John ja Morant. He's not an artist, but he's. Uh, in a, a, a NBA player, you have everything in the world out here. You're still out here trying to be thug trying to be and trying hood, to, bro. yeah. So You're a millionaire. <laughs> let's let's get right back to <laughs> let's get back to your music because I feel like what I love most about it is it is authentic. You're not trying yeah. to be somebody you're not. You're not out here talking about cars and jewels that you don't have. I ain't got it. Right, you're not out yet. here really talking about <laughs> your real life. And so let's start out with how you even got into music because okay. I was thinking, you know. If I look at your friend group, I always thought Manny was the actor, Josh was the rapper, Sean, I see him as the fashion stylist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so to me, when I was like, oh, Manny's doing music, I had no idea. Yeah. But you said you kind of always been, you know, yeah. interested in it. So can you talk a little bit about your creative journey, how you went from acting mm-hmm. to, to now putting out your first studio album? I would definitely say 
how it all got started. Um, a while back when I first went to my boy, Brother Ash, <laughs> I went to him because he said, yo, bro, I got a stoop. I'm working on some shit. I'm like, say less, dog. I'm going to pull up because I got something I've always wanted to work on. So why not go support my mans mm -hmm. in the same ways he supported me? So I already had a lot of shit written all the way back to when I was in school, when I went to uh, North Carolina Wesleyan down North Okay. Carolina. So you, that's high school. That's almost nine, yeah. eight years ago. That was OD So you've been writing for a few years. Right. Oh, probably damn near my whole life for real. Like, and even way back in elementary school, mm -hmm. I said it in a song I put out like a year or so ago. And I said, I've been doing this shit since elementary school dances. Like, <laughs> Sean and I used to get in front of the whole dance. Oh, uh, so you and, and your we brother were, were the, the yeah, entertainment. We were, we were the entertainment. <laughs> we were the reason why people came to dances. Because we awesome. danced and we rapped. And we just, you know, we just, we made it a good time for yeah. them. So I would say all the way back to then is what made me who I am today. Especially with all the music I listen to now. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like, I don't know. Music is love, bro. Yes. I love my music. Yes. So I would definitely say that about it. But then the acting, you know, you've gone from the stage to mm -hmm. short films yeah. and appearances on television. So how did you fall into that? And how does how does that, you know, relate to your music? Is it one or the other? Or is it really just both? It took a leap of faith more so because when I was done playing football, I was like, what the hell am I supposed to go next? Mm -hmm. So I was sitting on the couch and I was coincidentally watching Fresh Prince and Will's my favorite actor. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm going to go do this shit. Fuck it. So I called up. That's the funniest story. <laughs> I called up my um, this my acting coach that mm -hmm. I have. And I was off an edible at work. <laughs> I was at work. Oh, no. I was at my job. And I was like, it was like 12 o'clock. And 12 o'clock midnight, midnight. And I was like. Hello? She, oh, hello, how you doing? Oh, she picked up the damn phone. Now, she's the thing. She oh about, she's in her 70s. So I'm like, what the hell you doing now? You got to be asleep. And she, it made no sense to me. So I was like, okay, um, i like to start classes. Okay, can you come tomorrow? I was like, uh, uh, next week. She's like, okay, come next week. All right, bet. Bye. And I hung up the phone. Oh, my God. And the rest was history. Wow. So at least, you know, you knew. You yeah. knew what you wanted to do. I had to do it. And you just had to get out there and had to shake off to the nerves. It. And now to. look at you. I'm really proud of Thank everything you. that you are pursuing. And so now talk to us a little bit about All In Due Time. Where did that title even come from? This is your album dropping on June 12th, right? Yes, You're yes. on your birthday. Yes, yes. So where did the album title stem from? The album title came from, I was just always saying it. And I was put, I have a journal that I'm always journaling into. And I always... There's times where I just be rushing myself, or there be times where I'm just not patient, mm -hmm. and then I gotta remember, but nigga, you gotta slow down. Yeah. And I was like, this too shall pass, all in due time. Mm -hmm. After I said all in due time, I'm like, that's that's the time. Yes, that's the, that's yes. The name. That's the name. So that's where all in due time came from, and it's just like basically saying, it may not be here now, but it will soon be here. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be yours. Yeah. All in due time. I think that is so important because I, too, as a creative, I can kind of put the carriage before the horse a little yeah. bit and get ahead of Counting myself. Your chickens a little early. Yeah, I have like a million ideas in my head and I'm always putting a time crunch on myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, who's putting this time crunch on me? Nobody, yeah. nobody, I don't have a deadline. This exactly. is my own business. This is your stuff. This is you. <laughs> so that's why I love the title All in Due Time because I think it is a good reminder to all of us, like, to see where we've come from to now. Exactly. And you do talk a lot about, you know, your past and living in North Carolina. So I want us to kind of go track by track with you, if you don't mind. I did get a chance to listen to the album mm -hmm. and it kicks off. Um, one of the songs that I, I took a note of was High Hopes. Yes. And you had some lyrics. Remember when I ain't even have a dollar. Never thought I'd leave Carolina. Yeah. And I, I, it's so interesting because I, too, like grew up in the 
Midwest. Mm-hmm. I'm born and raised in Gary, Indiana. Then moved to New Jersey. It was a culture shock for me. Yeah, and I think that you right. had the same situation, OG, right? OG. Because I was in the Hicks. I yeah. was in the Hicks. And I was like, when I came up here, everything was so fast. Mm-hmm. So slow to fast. And I was like, man, I never thought I would leave this place. But yeah. look at me now. So I had to leave. You even said, full speed ahead. The man mm-hmm. wants me dead. Another brother, brother got, got shot. shot. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what I, I was getting to with how hip hop can kind of be a vehicle to carry our message. Because okay. don't get it twisted. Like, you could turn up too. Okay. But then you could, you know, integrate that stuff about yeah, black power and, and Black Lives Matter. And you had another lyric on that song. We live in a free country, but most of our niggas ain't free. 13%. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I, I like songs that kind of have a little meaning that sprinkle Definitely. in a little bit. I'm a J. Cole fan, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like I know people act like it's fake woke, but nah. this is the times. We're we're gonna it. be looking mm-hmm. back, you know. We listen to Marvin Gaye now, like what's going, what's going on? Still, what's going on? What's it's crazy out here. <laughs> I had an episode about that. <laughs> so like so like we had artists like that who were just taking stock of what's going on around them and putting exactly. it on the track. And so I'm glad that you did mention that because the the crime against Black Americans is exactly. still very high. It's just my high hopes. Basically. Yeah, like it's me just saying high hopes. Like I want this shit. It was basically a change song. Mm-hmm. Like as much as it's about me, it's about still the country, about people around me. Like I got high hopes. This shit gonna change. Yeah. So that's basically it. And then you went into uh, the prophecy, one of my favorites, Big Fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to paint the perfect picture, but nothing's perfect. Drowning in my daddy's liquor. That really spoke to me because I personally yeah. deal with alcoholism in my family. And we are trying to be better than our parents, right? We always right. we always want to take what they taught us, but be even better than our parents. And so can you talk a little bit about that, like your family dynamic and how that really influenced you too? I would definitely say on both sides. I've always seen my dad as this strong man, but he was also one of my first biggest fears. Mm-hmm. And then when I see my mom, I see my mom being such this hardworking woman. She was like, she was my shelter. She was my home. So whenever my dad would do, you know, he whoop my ass. <laughs> I go to my mom. So yeah. <laughs> it was just what I was just confined to. But my dad was also that dude who I learned a lot from, even though he made these mistakes. I learned a lot from that man. Yeah. But I would definitely say Big Fish is just me talking my shit, saying like, still the whole, the whole fact that I'm really just trying to find a way through all of this. Like, I've been trying to paint a perfect picture, but nothing's perfect. I'm drowning in my daddy's liquor. But here's the kicker. I ain't no ordinary nigga. Yes, yes. So don't get it twisted. I'm not an ordinary person. <laughs> yes. So. And I love that because we don't have to be our circumstances. Nah. Like, just because I had alcoholism mm-hmm. in my family or divorced parents or whatever, I don't have to have that for myself. And right. we can do better. So I love that you said that. And also, keeping it real. I'm not perfect. Nobody's yeah, perfect. Like, exactly. I'm not out here trying to be something I'm not. So oh. I love that. And also, in the cream interlude, you talked about living in hella cribs, hella couches, looking for outlets. Yeah. We all been there. That's something that people don't want to talk about. People don't want to talk about their lows, right? Exactly. Everybody wants to talk about their highs. Exactly. But they talked about in that docuseries how Tupac moved around a lot. Exactly. And sometimes, that's a lot of black families. Like, you just got to go where you can find affordable housing sometimes. I didn't live in three, four, five apartments <laughs> with my family, especially when my parents divorced and my mom had, we, we moved yeah, out. All, all those different family dynamics, those make you the person that you are. Exactly. And so for him, Tupac to go from I think he I think he lived in in North Carolina or something like yeah he went he to did. North Carolina to Baltimore to New mm-hmm. York to California that all kind of influenced his music. Exactly. So coming to New Jersey, New York area, do you feel like that has influenced your sound a little OD, bit? Od, od, because like you can see in some songs 
where I have my country slang in it. Mm-hmm. And then you have my other songs where I know for sure I got everything from certain drill beats or like, obviously the way people be moving. Like I got a little more disrespect to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like like I got some more disrespect to me. <laughs> Somebody tried some shit. I'm not, yeah. that, I'm not as nice as I used to be. I would say that, but I would definitely say I got a little bit more, you know, got a little bit more rough around the edges now. Now yeah. that I've been up here in Jersey, I had to gain some thicker skin. So I'll definitely yeah. say that. And that leads me to for the summer, mm-hmm. talking about coming home for the summer, yeah. clear my head, get my shit in order, sit mm-hmm. in my room, because I used to not have one. Yeah. Look, that shit is real. I love yeah. hearing that because, like, we talk about, you know, the mansions, the cars, everything, but when we think about it, some of our favorites, like I was saying on Hip Hop Evolution, they talked about how Master P. His own community wouldn't even buy his CDs. He had to go outside his community and push his own CDs. Exactly. So going from the struggle selling CDs out of his car to becoming a mogul, mm-hmm. now you maybe had to sleep on some couches, but now totally. you're here. And exactly. like you said, mm-hmm. it's all in due time. All when you're in time. that moment, sometimes you can't see your way out of it. Nope. You don't know how it's going to get better. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that you did keep the hope alive and Big you day. did keep keep your head up yeah and i just love that song because we're talking about the sounds of summer right we're talking about june august black black history month black Mm -hmm. black music month i'm sorry and how hip-hop kind of is the soundtrack for the summer and so when when i heard that song i just thought about like my days from college like pack up the dorm time to go back home for the summer now you're back in your mom's house and and it's just a change of pace sometimes you have to change your environment to change yourself so that was a really great song to hear um and then oh sorry i'm late that was another favorite of mine i done made mistakes life ain't no piece of cake sometimes a nigga just can't i ain't got no money in the bank look so Talk to me a little bit about that, you know, life's mistakes and, and how that has made you the man that you are today. I made a lot of mistakes. I will say that. But I feel like I'm just now starting to own up to them. Like, I take full responsibility for every single thing that I do, mm-hmm. whether it's little shit to big shit. I always make sure I'm the one not pointing fingers. Yeah. The only one that should be pointing fingers at somebody is myself to myself. Right. I'm like, I made that fuck up. I have to fix this. So that's basically what that comes back to. So yeah. Sorry I'm Late is basically, I wrote that at a time where me and my brother were beefing mm-hmm. over some stuff. And it was basically me like yelling out a cry saying like, bro, trust and believe. Once again, all in due time. Sorry I'm late. Like, I love that. I'm going to get it. Like, I'm going to get it to you. Like, sorry, sorry I'm late. Like, yeah. it's, I was so behind at one point yeah. where I was really trying my best to catch up. So. And I think that's real. I just think that as I get into my late 20s, mm-hmm. I'm 28 now. I'm starting to realize, like, life is life. And this life is, is life and this is adulting. And, and adults, it's so man. painful sometimes. It does affect everything from your career to your relationships. Exactly. And like you said, sometimes you don't have that money. You don't know where your next meal is coming from. But it's just all a growing process. And it's great that we do have outlets like hip-hop and poetry and podcasting to get our message out there. And to just help other people understand that they're not alone. You're not Mm -hmm. the only one. Um, I think that... It has gotten a little convoluted when we oh, see yeah. social media and we see these rappers out here. Even sometimes I'm like, shit, I could be a rapper out here. I could be <laughs> little. If Lotto can do it, I could do it. But you have to think like that's their story, that's their journey, and yeah. everybody's journey is different. So I'm so glad that you did share a piece of yours on this album. Oh, and finally, one of the last tracks is Transitions. Mm-hmm. Some of my favorite lyrics were from fitting in to standing out, yeah. which parents would go to therapy, seeing pops drink more than a little. That all hit home for me because mm-hmm. I literally have been to family therapy with my parents, yeah. sat on that couch, 
And it's just like you said, sometimes if we're looking back, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I wish I could have fixed it with my parents. I wish yeah. I could have did this and that. You wish you yeah. Done. But all of those things made us who we are today. And so mm -hmm. I'm glad that you said you tried to fit in before that really didn't work out for you. So now you're finally yeah. standing out and exactly. being yourself. Exactly. So talk a little bit about that. What's it like to finally like grow in and break out of your shell and, and be this man today? It feels good because there was one point where I couldn't be without people. Mm. And now, shit, I'd rather just sit in my room and not be bothered <laughs> by nobody. Yeah. Like, respectfully. And I, I have a, a good handful of friends. It's okay to not have a shit ton of them, mm -hmm. I feel like. So, only have a you know a handful of friends, and I'm cool with them. Like, we, we're good. We're solid. All my people in my corner are all doing shit. Yeah. If you're not doing shit, you can't be around me. So, that's just the way yes. I feel. But definitely transitioning from fitting in and standing out is a big deal because I used to always want to be... I always wanted to be that person. Look at me, look at me, look mm -hmm. at me. Now, they would be like, yo, what's next? Yo, what are you doing? They're asking the questions. I love that. They're more so asking the questions. So and moving in silence. That. that is definitely you to a T. I feel OG. like you don't be out here spreading your business. Nobody nope. knows your business. I'm on the and even this album, does <laughs> anybody know you're dropping an album? No. <laughs> I just recently put out like, yo. I'm dropping out. Hope y'all ready. That's so, awesome. That's I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I Me definitely too. think that going back to the theme of this episode, you know, Sounds of Summer, this is definitely a summer album. You got Hell some yeah. fun songs on there. Like, what was it? Mind of a Gemini? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, sorry to the Geminis. I know mm -hmm. you be getting a lot of oh, hate. Yes, of course, of course, of course. Y'all gonna be okay. <laughs> yes, but I think that you have some great, you know, uplifting songs, oh, some dear. more emotional songs, mm -hmm. and I think that it really shows your range and people are really gonna enjoy it. And Appreciate going back to how you're an actor, did you have to kind of put any different voices or anything on oh, this dude, album? I wanted to. Like, like I haven't had an idea last night, but I'm like, damn it, the album's done. The album's done. Okay? There's no more you can do. But yeah, definitely. There's a lot of things I I, got, I feel like after getting through all the plays I was doing, I was like, all right, I have time to really, you know, figure out what else I would like to do, what else I'd like to try. Like, mm -hmm. what's the worst that can happen? Like, yeah. And I think yes, your brother was actually on the podcast before and said something like that. Like, you don't know until you try. If I was like, hey, I want to be a model and it didn't work out, okay, yeah. at least I tried it, you know? You tried it. So you I'm tried so it. happy to see that we're going to see you on the stage, yes. the screen, yes. uh, and music, and yes. everything in between. Yeah, so everywhere. thank you so much for joining us today and talking me. about your album. Y'all, make sure you get all in due time, dropping June 12th. And where can the people follow you, Manny? You can now follow me on Instagram. I just changed my thing today. I think it's, oh. yeah, I think it's empty. I know it used to be Manny the Gemini. Yep. M underscore underscore MTG. Okay. Dot com. So okay, great. See, this is it. <laughs> when you see the orange, you know it's a, or, that's your favorite color. Orange that's is your my color. favorite color. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and make sure y'all follow me, Miss yes, Chris D, M I S S C H R I S D E E. And you can follow the podcast at the YBO Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And we will be. To keep an ear out for you, Manny, and of we course. will definitely be hearing this this summer. So, awesome. thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. I'll see you.